1: Good Good afternoon. This is Rudy Giuliani, and I am uh, coming uh, to you from beautiful downtown Manchester, New Hampshire. And here it is the day after Thanksgiving, and um, it's a very, very cold day here in, in Manchester. I don't know what it's like where you are, and I took a little ride over to the Mall of New Hampshire, which is a big mall, it was packed. It was packed. So whatever the season is going to be, and I think the predictions right now are uh, up in the air, this looked pretty good. But New Hampshire's doing well. New Hampshire's doing well economically. New Hampshire was just selected the freest state in the country. The freest state in the country. Now, I don't want to tell you the state that was selected the least free. Isn't that what America is supposed to be? Free? Well, who scores worst for freedom? Hochul, Adams, Cuomo, New York. Why do you vote for them? I mean, this is... The second freest state of the country is True Blue, Florida. And I think California comes in right close to New York with uh, Comrade Newsom in charge, who held the uh, glorious parade for the entry of Xi uh, Jinping into China last week making uh, San Francisco an official red Chinese city because the red Chinese flags out uh, numbered the American flags by 100 to 1, and no one burned them. Uh, so the hostage release has taken place. I understand the emotion, and I understand the empathy for it, and I pray to God that I... I I never would have to make that decision, uh, nor would I wish that decision on anyone. But I do think if my uh, uh, role was a sworn obligation to protect my people, I'm not sure I would have done that deal or even let Biden uh, uh, bludgeon me into it. Because B.B. didn't want to do this deal. B.B.'s too practical, he's too much of a soldier he uh, he is too much of a leader who has the lives of his people in their hands and has wisdom about it the only thing i'll say for Bibi is th- the uh, doing it in that way they may have uh, uh really done away with that option by having so often encouraged uh hostage taking when when you give up a thousand palestinian Killers, or many of them killers, including the person who ran this operation, for one Israeli, you're inviting hostage-taking. When you say, we don't negotiate with hostages, you discourage it. Now, America has a we don't negotiate with, when you're holding hostages rule. Is there, uh, at times... A, uh unacknowledged violation of that rule? Uh, yes. And should there be flexibility in it so that without too much discussion or precedent setting or whatever, you can occasionally violate it uh, and really not admit it? <laughs> yes. But should the general rule be the bad guys don't get the impression I take five of your people, uh, and I get back a hundred of mine. Or even worse than that, I want you to put yourself in the position of the chief executive of, uh, Israel. It's your job, obviously, to save Israel, which means wiping out Hamas, because Hamas wants to eliminate Israel. The same thing can be said of Iran, by the way, but we'll get to that later. So it's your sworn responsibility to preserve the state of Israel, and it is also your sworn responsibility to save as many Israeli lives as you can. So first, quick emotional analysis by our uh, uh, very short-sighted, not just government officials, but analysts, is, isn't it wonderful all these people were restored to their families the answer is, yes, it is wonderful. And uh, if I were one of the families, I would be arguing the same thing. Or if I were responsible only for the families, I would be arguing the same thing. But if I am in a different role, and my role is I'm responsible for the whole country, a great leader has to be able to put the overall good ahead of the emotional, romantic, what feels good, good. Let's put it this way. Let's take the one Israeli for a 1,000 Palestinians. How many lives has Israel lost as a result of saving one life? How many people did those Palestinian soldiers that were released, how many people did they kill? If one of the chief uh, uh, Hamas leaders who led this uh, uh, savage attack on Israel, uh, if he had been in prison, uh, would they have been able to do it? Or would it have been as effective? And then for every one of those people released, uh, there were extra soldiers shooting and, and able to kill people. Let's put it another way. The, the numbers are supposed to be Ted, help me with this because the numbers keep changing and they added some extra people. But I think ultimately, isn't it supposed to be, is it 50 for 150?
2: Yes, 50 in exchange for 150. Okay. So
1: you're going to get 50 people back and you will have saved 50 lives. These are all civilians by and large. In fact, this first group are all women and children. So they're not going to be able to kill anybody for you. They're not supposed to, but they're not. They're going to get back, by and large, 150 murderers. They're going to get back expert soldiers because that's who the Israelis uh, took. They took soldiers, not civilians. So they're going to get back 150 more guns, 150 more people who can do explosives. Uh, Many of those 150, unless they're incapable, are going to be put right back in the battle. And within a very short period of time, a day or two after being out of the uh, 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 Israeli prison, they're going to be firing guns on the Israelis and sending bombs over to Israel and doing booby traps. And So what do you figure those 150 will rack up in Israeli lives? Equal to 50? So have you done like a... But exchange of fifty lives for fifty lives? Except, you know, you could say a sure fifty lives, the people who came over, as opposed to what these people can do. That one that one I could that one as a leader I could justify. Even the hundred and fifty for fifty I could justify. The thousand for one was very bad and very dangerous and created a a, a disaster. In terms of, uh, hostage extortion. Here's where this all falls apart. This all falls apart, not so much with the hostage exchange. I think you could have sustained that if you didn't do a ceasefire. The ceasefire has, is now giving them four days off plus, and this is why they included ten eyes and one Filipino for every extra 10 that you give up Israel either will give you or will consider one extra day of ceasefire so presumably they gave up these people relatively please don't misunderstand this as a life uh, as important as any other life as a competent, useless. The the I don't think the ten thighs and the one Filipino are gonna go grab guns and start killing Hamas, nor do I think the women and children that were released are gonna do that. So think of how they beat you on that. They got fifty effective murderers and we got uh at best right now right now we're up to about twenty four people whose lives are as important as any life, children of God, but they're not going to be able to kill anybody. So it, Israel is going to lose lives in this exchange. And if it continues to do it, and this doesn't, they don't put a stop to this, and they don't put, uh, like a big wad of paper in Biden's mouth, uh, they're going to lose a lot of Israelis that didn't have to die. They already have by delaying. By going through those weeks of delay because Biden was pressuring Bibi, many more Israelis died both in Israel with the bombings every night and uh, the soldiers that they were much uh, much better prepared to deal with because of the delay. And that's the problem with this. Think of fighting a war, and as soon as you have great success and you got them on the run, and you split the country in half and you've got their major city surrounded and you set up an exit point for the alleged innocent people. Now you stop for five days. It's like a, you know, commercial timeout in football. What the heck is that all about? Well, who does that help? It helps whoever is losing. It gives them more time. First of all, it gives them time to escape. They're trying like hell to go south. The Israeli army is trying like hell to identify who's going south. Because you could have your Hamas people go hide in southern Gaza, maybe even find a way over the border, Rafa, the border they use for uh, for bringing across the um, the, as I understand it, 13 Israeli women and children, 10 Thai citizens, and one Philippine citizen. So that's a total of 24 when they had promised only 13. But please remember the provision that gets them an extra day for 10 more. Now the Israelis owe them, uh, they owe them for that 50. When the full amount is delivered, they owe them 150. So the Israelis, I don't know if the Israelis have delivered their number yet, but it it is said that they have identified and either are releasing or have released 39 Palestinian, and I think they're soldiers. So Palestine gets 39 extra hardened, trained killers, presumably the group that came into Israel to kill the little babies. So they're going to get some pretty damn maniacal killers back who surely are going to take Israeli lives. So this is not for nothing, and it has to be evaluated from the point of view of the end result is to eliminate Hamas. You save a few lives here now and don't eliminate Hamas, uh, you're going to lose thousands more Israelis. So... A lot of ways to look at it, as usual, the Biden administration has completely given it the wrong analysis. Uh, we'll be back right after these messages. is Rudy Giuliani back uh, with you on the Rudy Giuliani Show. Uh, before we uh, move from the subject of this uh, ceasefire, which is worth a lot more analysis than just the uh, uh, emotional pictures of the people returning home, which I find beautiful and wonderful, but before uh, Biden takes a victory lap, for what might be yet another decision that will cost many more lives than it saves. Uh, People should analyze this. Do you negotiate with terrorists? Is there long-term wisdom in not doing that? Do you save more lives when you have to make the unbelievably excruciating decision of turning your back to some extent, although you try surreptitiously as much as you can, On the people that you can get because so many other people will necessarily be killed. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure of this decision and I don't think anybody can make this decision unless you're in that position. But having been in positions where you had to make decisions somewhat like that, I wouldn't say as difficult as that. I understand the complexity of it and I really uh, find that part of the breakdown in both American morality and American intellect is our inability to analyze this and to have, if we go about it, to go about it with grave reservations so they don't think they can get this deal anytime, which they believe they can. And that will lead, that alone will lead to more death. Uh, so, I don't know what happens next, uh, but uh, it's going to be four days or five days, and will uh, Hamas be ready for them with traps? And they got five days to do anything they can to uh, be, do a more effective job in killing Israelis. So um, not so smart. The Thanksgiving parade yesterday, Ted, uh, shocked me. I don't know that it's ever been interrupted by a political demonstration. If it has, I don't remember it. But I'd like to play. Uh, I don't know. I haven't heard these. Uh, let's just go with the um, with number one. So well, I don't know that we can hear that that well. Uh, y- if you go to four, let's try four for a
2: minute.
1: Well I think that one you got the message of, right? I think, I think you got the idea of that, that one. And when we come back, Ted and I are going to discuss it. Uh, There's quite a statement in uh, America's largest Jewish city. We'll be back very shortly. This is Rudy Giuliani, back with the Rudy Giuliani Show. And uh, I have with me uh, Ted, who uh, watched the parade on television, a bit of it. We didn't see too much of it. And, uh, we didn't see this live. We saw it, we saw it, um, you know, in clips later. But what apparently happened is a uh, part, part of the way, part of the way through the parade, they, um, part of the way through the parade, these people stopped it. These people meaning pro-Palestinian, pro-Hamas people stopped the parade. Yelling for free Palestine, yelling about, uh, Israel being destroyed, about genocide by the Israelis. I gotta say, I'm looking at a few of them now. Where do they find these freaky looking people? I don't know. Maybe that's done on purpose to scare people. Here's a guy being uh, uh, taken out, yelling and screaming like a half-wit moron. Now, Ted, I've uh, this parade is the least political parade in the world. I um, I never I was only allowed to march in this parade once because they don't allow politicians to march, and I got to march really after three or four Yankee World Championships with Joe Torre because some one of their committees voted me. They couldn't get me in for political reasons. They wanted to because they said I should be allowed to because I had done more. They basically said I had done more than all the other mayors combined. <laughs> but they were my people. And um, they said, but, you know, the only mayor that has as many championships as him, I think it was, it wasn't even Wagner. I think it was LaGuardia. So they, I got in the parade with Joe and we got afloat. A and I was allowed to be on the float, but as a Yankee, as New York's number one Yankee fan. But I don't remember a a separation like this. Ted, what's happened to our young people? I'm looking at this kid. You can't see it on radio. But I'm looking at this kid in the middle of this beautiful parade and then this other weirdo. And they're yelling out about freeing Palestine and sending Israel to the sea. What is wrong with them? This isn't even a close question. Well you,
2: well, you set the scene, and that that adds to the silliness of what what we're watching here. I mean, these protesters—they're you know—they're yelling next to uh, a group of moms carrying a uh, a Barney float, right? So it's just kind of funny. It's like, sir, you know, you got the Barney uh, balloon coming by, and up next is the Lego float, and these guys are yelling about
1: Palestine. It's just, uh, no, I just, I. It's you see the par- these beautiful... Uh, this, is, this is a parade for kids.
2: Well, that's the other thing. This you is a parade. It, it, them, did
1: like, what, did what, these, uh, these uh, half-wits ever see a Miracle on 34th Street? Right? I mean, no, no. They would never see a movie like Miracle. They don't make movies like... Ho- Hollywood would consider Miracle on 34th Street a right-wing uh, extremist uh, propaganda that probably came they're
2: from... It's the- art, right? These. It's just they're... There
1: these wait, wait, wait. Take the word art out. It's, yeah. uh, it's, uh, Performative theater. Uh, perversions. Per- performative perversions. Perver- perverted. Performative that, because that's theater. what these people do. It's like, you know, the Brooklyn Museum is at it again they got a big anti-Jewish protest. They're right there, right next to the biggest headquarters for the most wonderful Hasidic Jewish organization in the world, the Bavichers. I mean, these people are like saints. Certainly the Rebbe was. I mean, the Rebbe, to me, is as holy as any of my Catholic saints and uh, heroes, uh, like Cardinal O'Connor, who I adore. I mean, even though he gave me a hard time, I... Cardinal O'Connor was a real man. Wow, was he a man. And so was the Lubavitcher Rebbe. And there was nobody... I mean, if Cardinal O'Connor were around that right now, he would be louder than me or Ed Koch on the Jewish issue. He had a great love, deep... And um it was real. It was not political. It was real. I have every reason to know that for personal stories that i'm I, I'm free and at liberty to tell you and I will one I put in my book but uh, if you want to find a Christian and a Catholic that understood Judaism when Koch and he a, a lot of Koch and he becoming friends was based on 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 Judaism and his respect for it and Koch being amazed that a Catholic Cardinal could love his religion and understand it probably better than he did, or or, or most Jewish people. So um, let's see, let's see what we got here in terms of calls. Uh, some somehow it didn't come through correctly. So I'm gonna let I'm gonna let the I'm gonna let our very very excellent group. That's part of our team. Select my first call. And then send. Yeah, sounds great. Let's go with Tony. Hey,
2: Tony. Hey, Tony. Hi. Hi. Happy Thanksgiving. Tony. Happy Thanksgiving,
1: I remember Tony. Tony with an I. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, hi, hi, Tony. How have you hi. been? Happy Thanksgiving.
2: Happy Thanksgiving. It's good to hear you guys. And, and I want to tell you, um, Mayor, you always for me on to think a bit further and you took me so far in my thoughts and here's where you left me and i i love it psychological warfare is a very important strategy and what we're dealing with right now is a country u.s united states and qatar are are negotiating based on what they think our fears are and i learned from studying ulysses grant that fear is paralyzing and so their strategies of doing all these maneuvers around holidays and praying on people is working and i just pray that you know we would have a leader who's strong and who cares as much about our military as our our hostages so it would be a, it would be a refreshing thing to have a leader who knows what other countries think not just to be in a position where they know us and we don't have a clue about them and that's all yeah.
1: I want to say. Now, Tony, what you said is <laughs> you got a great gift for saying a lot in a very concise and powerful way, Tony. And thank you very very much for calling. I hope you and your family have a wonderful Thanksgiving. You know, God has ha- has has over the years of his looking over our great country. I I believe this and people can make fun of it or whatever. I do believe that God finds us who who we need sometimes at the very last minute uh we're going to get the right leader. And, and really, to tell you the truth, almost everything in the world that we're facing, we can, uh, everything, we can prevail with the right leadership. We've got the right people. We don't have the right leadership. All the damage they've done can be undone. Look, I know it's not the same thing because it's a country, not a city. But I didn't have a single friend but one who believed that I could turn the city around. I'm talking about people who loved me, who ultimately helped me do it and did heroic things in getting me to do it. But all of them wanted me to run for something else. They said I'd be a shoe in for governor given the high vote I got in New York and the tremendous support I've always had in the suburbs. And I thought about it. I wanted to win, but something inside me told me I could do it. Now, I'm going to tell you this, and I always knew that I could. That's a little crazy. There were books written, New York can't be governed, New York is finished, New York is over. Uh, The one person, 100% thought I could do it was Arnold Burns. You see his son, Doug, on television quite a bit, uh, commenting on trials, always brilliantly brilliant as his dad. But his dad believed I could do it. Now, he wasn't my closest friend. He was a good friend and a man I admired greatly. But every time I would get really depressed or I, everybody would bang away at me, what are you doing this for? You can't. I would go to him and he would say, you know, I'm telling you, Rudy, you got it inside. You, you, were, you were picked for this. I, 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 I was. <laughs> We've got a leader that can do this. And it, all it's going to take is that leader. Because the rest of us, there are enough of us, a quantum number of us, that are so fed up and so worried about our country and so worried for our children. We're going to follow the right person. And we're certainly not going to follow traitors. So let's... um Let's see, who else um, Who else do we have? Let's see if we can take one more. Jimmy, are you there?
0: I'm here, Mr. Mayor, thank you. Go ahead, Jim. Uh, we have the right leader, and that's, of course, Donald Trump. But we yeah, need I'm... a massive education and awakening of the public because... The communists have been a hundred years doing their work, and they're a lot more stronger now than they were before. You know, the other day there was a former general on TV who said, we won the Cold War number 1, now we're in Cold War number 2. There was another general who said he went out recently, this is just recently on on TV, this other former general says he went to the store and he bought a jogging pants, and it was made in Vietnam, so Vietnam is not communist. These people have no clue. No clue at all. By the way, I did another interview at Jr. Yes. Nyquist dot blog. dot blog. I believe that's five this year. I explained the, co- the party of a new type, according to Lenin, the Communist Party. If you realize this, and if you read the Soviet publications, you realize the Lebanese Communist Party is Hezbollah, The Palestinian Communist Party is the PLO. The American Communist Party supports all of this. The Israeli Communist Party supports the PLO. The problem is the Communist Parties are in every single country, and they all uh, take uh, direction from the Soviet and now Communist China. It's one world communist movement. Mr. Mayor, we are in big trouble.
1: Jim, what is the the, uh, balance of power, in your view, between the Chinese and the Russians in terms of, so during the Cold War, it was our view that the Soviets really ran and and, and the Red Chinese were offshoot. Uh, I tend to think the Red Chinese have become, almost due to our investment in them, the more powerful.
0: Well, we built the Soviets, and then we built China to counter the Soviets, and now we're going to build Vietnam to counter China. Uh, Russia, the the world communist movement was built by the Soviets. Right now, militarily, uh, that military strength and economic strength, communist China is probably stronger. But the whole movement was built by by the soviets so now the soviets and china are openly partners they had a split in the past this who's calling as they
1: would say as they say in brooklyn who's calling the shots
0: well it's a it's a joint operation it seems like communists usually work in coalitions just people in the communist movement who aren't even communists the movement is a is a coalition the environmental movement is in viral leninism Afro Leninism, Islam Leninism, yeah. very leninism
1: This With is China. very hard this is very hard for people because their entire his, his historical education has been warded down so much. I mean if they understood uh nineteenth century philosophy, nihilism, uh Hegel, uh the death of God, they would see all the precursors of communism. And how strong it is, how much it exists in the western mentality. But they don't, you know, they don't understand it and the communists do a great job of hiding it and making it appear to be separate issues for separate reasons.
0: Right. That's how they get the unity worldwide. Every group has influence. They influence the right wing to discredit it. They'll send people with a Nazi flag or a Confederate flag to a rally. You had that killer up in uh, upstate New York recently that shot killed a bunch of black people. That guy was trained as a communist. So the communists have discredit from within, so they don't just work to push their theories and ideology. By the way, I never really studied all the philosophy of Marx, Engels, and Lenin. I studied more the strategy and tactics and their history and their operations from reading the Soviets and communist publications. Well, probably more
1: practical, purposes. more practical because Lenin and, I mean, uh, Marx and Engels were, inter- were reinterpreted. To fit what they wanted to accomplish. I mean, Lenin, Lenin has a lot more to do with modern communism than Stalin. Because he interpreted it to, 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 to fit the modern world. So, you're absolutely right. But, uh, Jim, keep it up, my friend. We need you. God bless you. I mean, we need people like Jim for the purpose of, uh, sh- showing us that we face something far bigger than I think we believe, because if you see it as separate things, it seems more manageable. Uh, you know, the teachers' union are in it for high uh, wages. Uh, not realizing the teachers' union, I, I think Jim would tell you this, is one of the earlier communist uh, unions, uh, f- fully infiltrated by Certainly by Marxists, intellectual Marxists, which is why our education has become that way. Uh, so understanding, I've been I've always been a very big proponent and have used it in my own uh, uh, battles with crime and organized crime and Russia and name it. You've got to understand the enemy almost as much as they understand themselves. I used to, I used to preach this to my assistant U.S. attorneys and investigators. And uh, Judge McMahon used to preach this to me. You gotta think like a criminal to catch a criminal. You better not be one, but you gotta think like one. Well, we're gonna be back with the mayor's final thoughts. Welcome back uh, to uh, the Rudy Giuliani Show and that part of it, which is the Mayor's Final Thoughts, sponsored by T2T.org, Tunnel to Towers, the organization where y- you can have the back of our most important people. Who are our most important people? Our most important people are the men and women in uniform who protect us, domestic and foreign. And should they be mur- murdered, killed in the line of duty, or should they become catastrophically injured, T2T, Tunnel the to Towers is there for them. Frank Siller, his family and his extended family is one of the most wonderful organizations in the country. I am humbled to be part of it. Please, over this Thanksgiving weekend, as we go into Christmas, Pull out that 11 bucks, pull out that credit card, call up, give it to them, and you're gonna have a great Christmas. Huh? And call me up and tell me you did it. And I will say, you are a good American. Well, I want to, uh, I want to uh, conclude by going to Valdemir in Brooklyn, and I want Ted to, I want Ted to, Ted is a, you know, a political expert. Uh, he is. But I'll tell you his background. Maybe tomorrow when we have time. But, uh, uh, Ted, Teddy really knows a lot about politics. Broad knowledge. Valdemir?
2: Yeah. What's up? Uh, Mr. Mayor, are you aware of the epidemic of deed and title death that is going on in Brooklyn? Of what? The lawyers, uh, deed and title death.
0: No, I'm known. not.
2: Deed and title and theft, theft. theft of homes. And
1: I assume, I assume it's ignored by the Bar Association because they spend all their time going after me.
2: Not only that, but even the, the Attorney General is giving them their blessing because.
1: Oh, of course, because uh, she's a crook.
2: A, a lawyer,
1: engineer is suing me
2: for a million and a half dollars.
1: Well, I'm going to help you, but you, you had a recommendation for mayor and governor. And I wanted to ask yeah. Ted what he thought. Who do you recommend for mayor and governor? <laughs>
2: you know, you and I could say it at the same time, Curtis yeah. Sliwa for mayor and yeah. Andrew Giuliani for yeah. governor.
1: What do you think, Ted? Well, I think that
2: that's well, that <laughs> we love like Curtis. A good duo to me. Can you imagine mayor
1: Sliwa and governor
2: Giuliani? Right? Do
1: you know how fast crime would go down. You know what? You know what would happen. If Curtis won, and then it looked like Andrew was going to follow him, before Andrew got into office, they'd all leave. They'd all leave. Particularly if I started going around saying, Andrew's tougher than me. I'd point out, you know, when I used to do this, he'd very often be at my side and say, Daddy, you're going too easy. I'd say, you guys don't know you had it easy with me. Look, I can psych these jack-out Well, God bless America. Thank you, God, for making us Americans. And pray for our good friends, the people of Israel, and for all of our people in uniform. Again, God bless America.
0: Ohio.